guys, more team. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Art and Caleb. Between the stammers. It's Wednesday, May 29th. Art Aronson alongside Caleb Kirby. Art, how you doing, bud? Pretty good, actually. It's a really nice day out there. Uh, The NHL playoffs continue. Game two, Boston versus St. Louis tonight. Yeah. Did you watch game one? No, I didn't catch most of it. No. No. You know what? I watched it the first period was intriguing. Like, the Blues scored the first two goals, and I was like, holy shit, here we go. And then the Bruins rattled off four straight goals. Well, I mean, that's what we talked about, though, last week is, like, they... They set the tone. They set the tone. They set the tone. They throw some hits. I saw the Krug hit. I thought that hit was awesome. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about the Tory Krug hit. Uh, we are going to get into a few Canuck things. Uh, you know, people have been talking about uh, Canuck's third jersey, retro jersey. Yeah. That's been out there over the last uh, week or so. Uh, the, Can- the Canucks, you know, they draft 10th in this upcoming draft that's coming up here. What type of player do you want to see the Canucks draft? Uh, Aquilini, the family there, they're... Uh, in a bit of hot water. Yeah, their uh, business group there. A little bit of hot water. And, of course, yes, the NHL playoffs. Also some interesting comments this week about replay in the NHL because it's obviously been a hot topic over uh, this playoffs with the San Jose Sharks and everything like that. And Brad Marchand had some pretty good comments, I thought. And also uh, Gary Bettman had a few comments that uh, mm-hmm. were interesting as well. And his obviously matter a lot. Also, Louis Erickson. Talking uh, about him again. <laughs> here we are. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Talking about him again. Uh, he's in the news. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, there's some rumors out there. We've talked. We've, we've. I kind of feel like we started this rumor. Yeah. It started I think on between, between the, the stammers. stammers might be able to take a little bit of credit for this rumor even getting out. So the rumor is that uh, a very good source, according to TSN 1200, Jason Greger, he said that uh, there's been discussions between Jim Benning and the Oilers staff. So I guess in this case, Ken Holland. Yeah. Milan Lucic for Louis Erickson. Yeah. Earlier in this offseason. What do you think? I don't even mind it if it gets Louis the hell out of here because he's totally just underperformed. And as long as Lucic doesn't bring a- along his like no movement, no trade clause bullshit that protects him from the Seattle expansion. You know, I, I think that's the extra year to me doesn't bug me that much. But you can't bring along that thing that's going to fuck a player, a younger player from going over from uh, from getting plucked by Seattle. Right. So like that, that's the biggest thing to me. Um, I I like the grit that Lucic brings. Okay, do I think do I think he can rebound as a player and be like what he was like in Boston? I think that's a bit of a reach. But, like, why not try something different than having a guy like Louie here? And if they can do that, and this is this is what we were talking about. Like, if this happens on the draft floor and they have a player, the Canucks have a player that they don't think they're going to get at 10, that they could potentially get at 8 and make that trade um, with Edmonton to move up to 8 and, and move that Louie deal at that point, why wouldn't you, right? But, like, you have to you have to satisfy all those conditions. Like, this can't fuck you longer than one year. And that's what it's going to do, right? Like, it's going to screw the Canucks on an extra year of contract if they do adopt this thing. I'd make Edmonton, uh, what I would do is I'd make Edmonton eat some of that money and ask for their eighth and go from there. Really? Yeah. Just because of the extra year. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think Holland is going to, 
I think Holland wants to make a splash. Holland wants to be known as the guy who fixes this shit. Mm-hmm. He's got Lucic and Sekiro that he's got to deal with. Yeah. Right? So this, this, you, you think you think this could make some sense for this sure. This could make some sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, we talked about it before. Player for player, though, what do you think of Milan Lucic versus Louis Erickson? I think we know how you feel about Louis Erickson, but Milan Lucic, does he still have anything left in him at this point? Well, now they're both slow. Yeah. Erickson looks just as slow there as uh, Lucic does. I kind of feel like Erickson is slow because he's a lazy fuck. Yeah. I think Lucic is slow because he's old. Well, I think Lucic is slow because he's always been slow. Yeah. He's never really been that fast, but he's a harder-nosed guy. Yeah. You know, he's got a bit of an attitude on him, which is good. He wants to come back to Vancouver. He's, he's said that publicly. I'd have him. I'd have him over Louis. I've been complaining about Louis all year. You know? What's like? What's the point of keeping them? They're not going to bury them anywhere. I don't think they're going to. If this option is on the table and Edmonton wants it, yeah, fleece them. If you can move up two spots to get your guy that you want in the draft, if Lucic agrees to come over here with his no movement uh, clause wave, no trade clause wave, both of those things gone, you know, why wouldn't you do it? I think the biggest barrier for yourself in this deal is is Erickson. Who also has like a no movement clause now. I think it's gone from an NTC to an MC. But realistically, the only thing that the only difference between these two guys is like Lucic has that extra year. Mm -hmm. I guess it changes to a modified no trade clause in 2021, 22. Uh, There's still three, four more years left on this guy's. But that's up. That's up to the player, right? (laughs) That's up to the player, like. Not not necessarily the term, but, like, having that change to a no-trade, no-movement. Like, mm-hmm. he, if he decides to waive that now, the Canucks will be like, yeah, it's gone. And they can negotiate that. Right. Right? Okay. So if they can negotiate that successfully and make that swap, yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I don't like either of these players. No. I hate talking about either of these players. I, I feel like Louis Erickson... Has more in him as a hockey player, though, than Milan Lucic does going forward. I do believe that. And I don't know why I believe that, but I do. I think he's just being fucking lazy. That's what I think it is. I just don't think Louis on this team next year is good for anybody. Yeah. Not after that, what he put out last year. I mean, he's he's whining about green, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that true. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's that's, just, that's the whole, like, it, other side of this just, point. He's just got to get out of here, mm-hmm. right? So... All right. Is that the last time we're going to talk about Louis Erickson until he at least gets traded? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about how bad Aladdin was as a movie last night? <laughs> Art and I went and saw Aladdin. I thought it was a steaming pile of donkey yeah, shit. Yeah, we went on a Between the Stammers date. 3.8 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. Dude, okay, guys, I got to tell you the story. So we go, I, I forced Kirby to come to Aladdin with a group of us or whatever, and I'm like, fuck it, man, just come. Uh, cheap movie night, $8, I, I'll pay for you, whatever. We'll grab a beer before, we'll go see it. So we grabbed a beer before, we went and saw it, and I see Kirby just fidgeting throughout the movie. I'm looking over at him, he's going like this, and as soon as the credits go up, he stands up right away, and there's like an after credits where there's like a dancing scene well, no, or something. Dancing scene and fast forward, they're like a hip-hop beat. Just and, a joke. And Kirby, I'm like, man, Kirby can't wait to get out of this theater. Sure enough, as soon as we get out of the theater, Kirby unloads with one of the greatest rants on a movie I think I've ever heard. It was just full-on 15 minutes of just going off on this movie, and he did not hold back. He hated everything about it. I did. 
Yeah. What did you I, hate I, the most? I didn't think it had a single good thing. There wasn't a single thing where I was like, okay, this is good. You know, what did I hate about it the most? Uh, probably Jafar. <laughs> he was terrible. Jafar was fucking brutal. Just like, and everything was just phoned in, right? Like the the musical sequences are phoned in. I don't want to talk about this too, too much on, on this podcast. But like, if you like the original Aladdin, mm-hmm. like the, the Disney cartoon Aladdin, and you go and see this, you will honestly not say that this thing, this movie does anything better than the original Aladdin because it doesn't. It's just pure crap. Like, and, and unfortunately, in remakes, like, that's your measuring stick, right? Like, if you're going to be ballsy enough to ask for everybody's money again because you remake a movie, you're going to have that measuring stick of can this top the original? This movie wasn't even fucking close. It was a trash pile. And uh, Guy Ritchie, the director, hasn't directed anything good since Snatch, mm-hmm. right? Like... I'm over it. I, I don't even know if, like, oh. Guys, if you want to see his review on Twitter, Holy it's great shit. as well. His review on Twitter is fantastic. Yeah, I put up a little review on Twitter. <laughs> uh, what do you, what, what did you hate more? Uh, Aladdin, uh, this uh, installment of Aladdin, or Louis Erickson circa 2018, 2019? Oh, Louis, Louis all day. <laughs> but, I, I mean, uh, I, Aladdin doesn't last an entire NHL season. <laughs> That's true. Right? <laughs> I think that's your biggest. Maybe if Aladdin was on for that long, you know, 82 games a season, I'd hate Aladdin just as much as uh, I hated how Louis played as a Canuck. This is awesome. You know? I loved I loved his epic rant on Aladdin here. Uh, let's move on to other Canuck stuff before we get into some of the NHL stuff. Uh, it's been going around on the web for the past uh, couple of days here. What would you want the Canucks retro jersey to look like? What do you think the Canucks... What would be the perfect Canuck jersey? That's my question. What would you want to see? I like the current Canuck jersey. Oh, you're out of your control. I do. You're I, li- I like it. I like the Van- you like the big Vancouver. I like the Vancouver font. I think it was different. Like it was different than what a lot of other teams had going on. I like the fact that it's at Vancouver. The only other team that had it at that moment was Dallas, and their their jersey was plain chain, right? Whereas like when Vancouver introduced it with the whale and the color scheme, I thought like everything popped, and I really liked how it looked. Everything popped. Yeah. I told myself I would never fucking buy anything with the birthing whale on it. I yeah, well, it. it was you, Orca based sports you and entertainment. Though. You haven't though. I bought that jersey for you. That's right. <laughs> when we were all drunk at a game two seasons ago. <laughs> then I went and bought uh, another one. Yeah, for you. Then you went and bought me one. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're both stuck with them. But like, dude, the, the thing about this new jersey, have yeah. you seen it? No. Well, I saw something something thrown out there. I don't the, know. The renderings was... of, of yeah. what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, the renderings. Yeah, I, I mean. If that's it, so like, so describe what it is. It's a plate of spaghetti. Well, you describe what it is. It's not well, the plate of spaghetti. Oh, that's what I saw. Okay, no, I saw no, something no. Like, different. Yeah, this is okay. what it is. It's 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 pretty much the exact same jersey minus the word Vancouver. Okay. And then some people think that they're gonna have the the skates in like I mean not the skates the stick in the rink in reverse color as shoulder pads and like a fifty, um, just in like the top left piece. Uh, Okay, so are you not a fan of the stick in the rink? Because a lot of people I like think the stick, stick in the, the rink. rink is boring as fuck. I think, it's, to... I think it's one of the most boring designs in all of sports. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, what does that say? Oh, we're a hockey team, I guess. That says nothing about anything. It's just a stick in a rink. It's not visually appealing. It's just very boring. How about Johnny Canuck? Because that's been thrown around for nah, a No, Johnny time. Canuck's too cartoony, right? Like, that's a, that's a very 90s type of, of design. 
You know, I look at that. I, I think of that Johnny Canuck thing, and I think of, like, the Colorado Avalanche logo, and I think those just kind of live together in, like, that world of just, like, a little too cartoony for, for a main thing. Remember when the Avalanche had that fucking abominable snowman foot yeah. Yeah. on their shoulders? Yeah. Like, it just looked stupid, <sighs> right? Yeah, I, 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 I'm full confession, full disclosure here. I bought a sweatshirt with Johnny Canuck on it. Yeah. And I wore it throughout uh, BCIT. You must have seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember it. it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, is it a little cartoony? Maybe so, it's but I'm okay It's too much as, like, your main crest. Like, yeah. that shouldn't be your main crest. I just think the Canucks need a big rebranding. They got to do something like the Toronto Raptors did. Like a We the North. Just, uh, you know, maybe change the colors up and let's let's do something new here. I like I like the colors. I like, like, the only thing, the only thing that I would really, my favorite Canucks, okay, I, like I said, I liked that last design, but growing up as a kid, I loved the Canucks plate of spaghetti skate on the white background. Like, I loved that jersey. That was the jersey I loved growing up. I liked that more than the black one, right? Now we see the black one get trotted out every once in a while. And don't get me wrong, that black jersey is sexy as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, And I love a team sporting a black jersey because it just makes them look mean. Okay, if you right? had your choice, you would go with the birthing whale over the stick in the rink, Johnny Canuck, and the plate of spaghetti. That's what I call the skate No, well, the here's, here's my issue is I think with the color scheme that the Canucks have right now with, like, that, that uh, blue, green, and white, I think the logo looks really good with that. And I don't think I've ne- – I haven't seen a single plate of spaghetti skate logo – we call it the plate of spaghetti because it looks like a plate of spaghetti in case every, everybody's wondering what the hell we're talking about. When it was orange. That's what I said, a skate in the rink. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it's the skate like kind of facing down in a circle. It says Canucks in the skate. It's kind of a cool logo just because it, it is kind of retro. But like in the colors that I've seen for it um, in the artist renditions in like the blue, it just doesn't pop enough, right? When it was uh, When it was on the white classic home jersey or the black jersey because of the color scheme it popped a lot more so i haven't seen a rendition where i like i like that skate if i see one i'll be like yeah okay maybe let's let's change it up or if the canucks want to go back to the black classic black and classic white jerseys that they had during the 94 run i'm not gonna complain about that either i like those jerseys i i just think that we have a problem with the canucks jersey and our identity and everything like that Ever since Orca Bay came in and just fucked shit over, I don't ag- I don't agree with that because I mean well, like I think you're I, <laughs> well like when w- those those ones that we had when Orca Bay first came in yeah those were kind of ugly like yeah, just kind the, of just the color scheme was ugly yeah right the maroon yeah like the maroon and then they had that fade one like that crimson fade into into uh, black that they wore every once in a while. And I got to admit, when I was younger, I kind of thought that was cool. But looking back on it now, I'm like, no, that's not a, that's not a good-looking jersey. Yeah, I'd, it's too, there's, I, you it's like too the colors. You like these colors. I think they're fine. The colors are fine. But there was something cool about the black and white, like, intimidating. I yeah, thought the, no, the I'm black not gonna, was intimidating. I'm not going to yeah. complain if we go back to those. Yeah. But it's just like, it's always the teams that never win shit. That fucking change their jersey colors. Well, look, right? we don't win shit. So it's like, and we change all the time. I know, but like we we made it to 2011 with that jersey that that we have currently, and that's why I like the jersey with the Vancouver and everything else. It's kind of sentimental to me in that way, right? Just like the '94 uh, jerseys were too, like the white jersey with the skate and the black jersey with the skate. 
Those are my two favorite jerseys. Maybe that's just because, like, subconsciously, I think about, like, almost winning in both of them, right? They're the ones that have given us the most success. I think the, the Flying V is horrible, you know? Like, I've always thought that jersey was horrible. I always think, like, like the, the Vancouver Millionaires one does nothing for me. I don't like the cream. It just looks too floofy, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I it's just of- like, okay, go ahead. I, I did like the this, this simple stick in the ring that they had there for a little while. They they had it as like a third jersey, yeah. I think. Maybe like two thousand seven or two thousand eight. They 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 wore it quite a bit for a little while. Yeah. But yeah. You liked that, eh? I, I did. But I like that really simple, simple design. And I like the colors. So if like that's what I would take over just about everything. But it's the exact same color as the colors that we have now. I know. It's the exact same colors. The only difference is it's got the stick in the rink and then it's got where the armbands are, it's got a little V in the armband. Just a tiny yeah. little, like, little V. But this is, no, there. I'm talking about before the NHL changed the jersey structure. I'm talking about a little bit older than that, I think. And I don't think they had that V. Oh, well, maybe yeah. they introduced yeah. that a, a few years later. Yeah. But regardless, I just think it's too boring. Yeah. I, 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 I think that we need a rebrand. Look again. at, like, look, like, the best logos in the NHL are, like, the Detroit yeah. wing and wheel. Yeah, but we like don't that, have that. We don't that, have it. That that logo is sick. The Blackhawks, like, that logo is sick. The Boston Bruins, like, six-spoke wheel is so simple, but it's awesome. The Hartford whale, whale tail, like, when that thing was a thing, was was unreal. You know how many men's league teams use the Hartford whale, whale tail? Like, it's out of control how many men's league teams go with that because they all think that that design is just, like, very simple but also very good. Mm, okay. You know, like... I don't mind the the breaching whale because from far away you can tell it's a sea, and it is and it is indicative indicative of the West Coast. Like that art and that lifestyle is very specific to where we live. There's no other place on the planet that's like that, right? Are we so, just in trouble because we have the name Canucks? That's the trouble. That might be probably right there. Problem. Well, no, it's just like either give me a completely different look. Don't revert back to any of these. Either give me a completely different look. Or just leave it. I don't. I don't need anything else, really. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I think we've talked enough about that. Uh, the NHL draft's coming up here. Let's just quickly go over this again. What type of player do they need to draft here? We have been over this a little bit. Yeah, we have been yeah. over this. Yeah. I want a power forward. You want a power? Yeah, forward. I want a power forward. Yeah, we're not going to get Bowen Byram. He's going to go too early. There's tons of guys out there that are, are great players that can do the type of stuff I think that the Canucks need. Okay. Uh, the the Canucks put out a little video on uh, Canucks.com there about uh, some, and it's a little feature about how uh, the director of scouting, how Jim Benning, how they get into a war room and how they yeah, decide. Yeah, it's got on, like, Wise Broad, Benning, yeah. and Judd Brackett yeah. actually doing yeah. a lot of speaking, and I actually like it because it like it teases who they're talking about. Yeah, they're clearly in the war room talking about players, but they don't mention the players' names. Mm-hmm. They don't show any footage, and they're just like, oh, I don't know if this guy's skating is gonna make the jump. You know, like what did you take from that? I I like it. I I just think it's like a cool in depth look. Like if you're, I mean, obviously if you're listening to a Canucks podcast, you're probably pretty into the Canucks, right? So it's it's a video worth watching. Benning's got the die job back again. That was one thing I noticed in that video. <laughs> why? Why? I don't understand it. I don't. Under, I, yeah, graying hair is not great. I got a few white white hairs as well, but fuck, just. I don't understand it. Yeah, you're old, man. Yeah. Just look rock old. It. There's Just nothing wrong it. with looking yeah. old. Yeah. You had your time. You're fine. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jim Benning. <laughs> uh, 
But like I, I like you know basically how how in depth they are to breaking it breaking it down, and then they they talk about a player that fits the makeup of a Canuck, and I think that's important. I think it's important to have an identity as a team. Um, do the Canucks have the identity I want for them? I'm not so sure that that's the case, but like I feel like we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's where a guy like Lucic I think could help. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I want him, but if I, I mean, it's like if it's like here's our garbage, here's our garbage. We'll take your garbage. Maybe the garbage we take could be a little tougher on pucks. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I just yeah the draft. I and I gotta reiterate my stance on the NHL draft. I think it's all a fucking crapshoot. Just try and pick the best player. Well, that's that what they point. said in the video. Yeah. They said we're going to take yeah. the best player available. Yeah, and I don't care what nationality is, what, uh, you know, just just take them. Just fucking yeah. take them. Speaking of the draft, we are giving away tickets on The Zone this week to the NHL draft. So if you listen to The Zone, that's The Zone dot, uh, the zone in Victoria, 91.3. If you listen to that station, you can go on thezone.fm, click on contests, and you can enter to win two tickets to this draft, oh. which is a pretty sweet prize. And it's courtesy of the zone and the Victoria Grizzlies because Alex Newhook's going to go pretty early in the first round. Some people think he might even go inside the top ten. Yeah, uh, I'd would, take Alex. Newhook. Would you? Would you take Alex Newhook? He's a good player. Victor? Yeah, he's a center though. Yeah. Right. Um, I saw a little bit of him. He's very strong. He's a very mm-hmm. strong skater. And he does mix it up. He drives He drives the game, yeah. right? He's, yeah. He's always got the the puck on his stick, and he protects yeah. the puck really, really well. Yeah, he's kind of a little bit like Bo Horvat that way, a little bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't be upset with him either. That's why I say just take the best player, and I, I'm not I'm not a uh, uh, an expert in scouting or anything like that. And uh, But, yeah, it was kind of neat listening to Wisebrow and Benning and uh, Brackett Brackett there. especially. Yeah, Brackett, obviously, he knows. He's got his head screwed on straight when it comes yeah. to player evaluation. Yeah, right? he's the director of Canucks Scouting, so yeah. I would hope so, right? Yeah, yeah you got to have a good guy there. And uh, it was interesting kind of listening to Benning just be like, well, who do you think has the best shot of those three players? You know, I thought that was cool. That's clearly why they picked Jake for Tannen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I also think too, though, like it's it's like when they're talking about a guy bouncing back from a bad shift mm-hmm. or or something like that. You know, uh, the best athletes have the shortest memory. That's right, right. So it's like you, you make a mistake and you don't get rattled. You just go back out there and you keep fighting and, and try and make a positive impact. Scouting is so it's such a it's so it's such a crapshoot. I think I just I just. I, you just don't know about players and that, how they are going to well, advance. You're, you're also talking about players that aren't even 100% physically mature. Yeah. They're not sexually mature. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're coming basically out of school, like, very, very soon, like, basically finishing up school. Like, that is an important time for just an individual to develop hockey aside, right? So it's like you go in to this part of your life and then all of a sudden people are about to hand you millions and millions of dollars could you imagine i couldn't imagine if i was that old and somebody's like yeah you know here's a 1.2 million you know how much of a fucking animal i would have been yeah i would have gotten like fat i would have been doing all sorts of just ridiculous stuff making it rain in right? the club. it's yeah. like no wonder so many guys when they when they first join the nhl they they have a hard time getting acclimated to it because it's be, it's time to become a pro and i think a lot of scouts and and uh 
you know, uh, player development personnel and stuff like that. Like, I, th- that I think that yeah. side of the game is very still like under underrated, yeah. and that's when they 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 try and see if those guys, um, you know, aren't idiots. Like in in player interviews, they're like, okay, well, like, what's your goal? What do you want to do? What do you want to become? Mm-hmm. And they and they try and steer the ship for a lot of these guys. My two favorite uh, sports movie, draft movie thing, sort of things. Uh, One's a baseball movie directed by Clint Eastwood called uh, Trouble with the Curve. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, you know, how he's a scout in that. And he's an old school scout. And it's old school versus new school. Kind of he's fighting against the new school. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a neat if you haven't seen it. I like that. Uh, also, Draft Day, if you haven't seen that. Just how the Draft Day works in the NFL with Kevin Costner. It's a Kevin Costner movie. You see, the dra- draft day is kind of cool because it shows, like, the workings of, like, how a team is doing it. Yeah. But I really like He Got Game for the exact opposite yeah. reason, okay. right? Yeah. Like, with G- Jesus Shuttlesworth, Ray Allen, you know, and Denzel Washington, and all these colleges are trying to recruit him, get him into college, and it's just, like, these are the the pitfalls that you can get into as a young athlete. And I think that shows, like, what happens to guys when they start, like, you know, becoming big league players. Like, there's a lot of trappings and pitfalls that can happen to you we've seen it with guys in this market too right like we've seen it like zach cassian kind of got a second chance over here and he didn't exactly succeed the way a lot of people wanted him to and there's a lot of speculation about him going out and partying and doing all that stuff right? right so it's just like these are things that scouts always have to be on top of not just your play on the ice but everything around you and and even the company you keep it's pretty interesting stuff man like it really is there's so many things that have to go right for you as an organization for a prospect to pan out. Yeah. It's not just Well, that's why I think culture is It's just not so just important. skill, right? Yeah, culture is huge. Yeah. It's so freaking important. I've heard stories about how like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane with the new, with the young guys that come, the the tone that they set with those guys that they demand and that's why the Sedins were valuable, right? They yeah. set a tone for physically and everything the way you had to be. The yeah, way you like had to be dumbing the grouse grind like yeah. every year, one and two of the grouse yeah. grind every single every single season. Yeah, in training camp. So I think leadership like that, uh, creating a culture, is very very fucking important. Yeah. Tom Brady, hundred percent, right there. Yeah, you yeah. have to create a a, a a culture where you come in, you got to be professional. But that's so hard to do with these kids who are so young. That's why. For me, these drafts are such fucking crapshoot. Well, it is it is a pretty big roll of the dice. Yeah. But, I mean, they are doing their due diligence. And, I mean, the Canucks drafting record lately has been a lot better than it has been previously. It has. But there are a lot of, like, pitfalls and, and things that can slow a person down in their development. But it's yeah. not necessarily about who gets there first. It's about who gets there the best. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, Francesco Aquilini and his uh, the I don't know it's called the Aquilini Group or I'm not sure exactly what it's called. Uh, his yeah, it's yeah. called the Aquilini Group. Uh, so it came out uh, last week that uh, Golden Eagle Farms. It's this uh, it's this berry picking. It's this berry farm out in uh, Pitt Meadows, <laughs> and I guess they brought in some workers from Guatemala. Yeah, and they like had contracts with these workers or whatever. Yeah, they're getting paid only like eleven thirty five an hour. Yeah. to do this you know berry picking, and I guess uh, the Aquilini Group's in trouble because. Uh, uh, it went to court because... Well, didn't they say, like, Luigi, like, denied one of the workers' water because he didn't pick, like, 6,000 berries? Yeah, there was some, seri- there was some <laughs> like, serious, like, shitty stuff. Yeah. Like, like, we're talking... There was lots of complaints to uh, WorkSafe BC. It's been going on since 2012. 
there's been problems at this bank, at this at this berry farm. Yeah. Uh, does this bother you that the Aquilini Group does business like this? Um, yes and no. I think it bothers me when anybody does business like this. But, I mean, these guys aren't millionaires for no reason, right? Like, if you're a millionaire in business, you've stepped on a few necks. Uh, Canadian Business Magazine listed the Aquilini family as the 27th richest family in Canada in 2018 with a net worth of $3.3 billion. Yeah. But they apparently didn't pay out wages owing, uh, and they also had problems with uh, holiday pay, stuff like that, like stuff that uh, I guess uh, were was officially in the contract. According to the lawyer for the Aquilini Group, uh, that he pointed out that the legal issue was whether by contract the employees had been promised 40 hours per week when they came to the farm. Uh, so the tribunal, who is this court, ruled that they had. So uh, the Aquilini Group was forced to pay back $133,000 to these. That's uh, a drop the in the group. bucket for them anyway. Exactly. The, the worst, this the, is an embarrassment. The, the worst part about this is that it made news for the Aquilinis, yeah, right? It's but I mean, it's like... This happens all the time you know, with million-dollar companies, and it's not like Francesco has his finger out on the pulse, like out on his farm. This is this is hiring beneath them, yeah. and this is hiring guys, and everybody does this. All millionaires do this. They hire guys who can save them the most money, mm-hmm. right? And you hire these ruthless bean counters and management people, and these guys are looking to cut a buck anywhere to maximize profits, right? So they get fat off the horse and then your your labor suffers your your labor are always the people who suffers you're making 11 30 an hour that's a joke yeah. right yeah. nobody yeah. in canada even wants that job that's why they go to guatemala and guatemala to get these workers anyway there's just talk out there just because like this it doesn't look good on aquilini and here he is the owner of the vancouver canucks yeah. the most prominent uh professional team in this area and uh, his business, his business is doing business like this. So yeah, it's an embarrassment more than anything. Yeah, well, yeah, the story is an embarrassment, yeah. right? Like, and and he's he's it's funny because he's kind of vocal on Twitter these days, right? And he's comp- bitching about Uber and Lyft and all these types of things. Yeah, and I remember they got they got fined a few weeks ago because one of their their vehicles out there was deemed unsafe like oh un- there's been complaints safe to yeah. operate and work and yeah there's been complaints going on since 2012 yeah. i threw a, i threw a little joke out there about that i'm like well maybe if he had a vehicle operated by lyft it wouldn't be as unsafe for those guys to get around the farm but i mean ultimately he's not the only guy in 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 these in these multi-million dollar businesses that steps on people's necks it's just how guys get rich that's and true. that's it's a sad state of the world it's the capital world well, that we live in. Yeah, Capitalist world capitalism. that we live in. It's capitalism. Yeah. Does it make worst. me like the guy less? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's a shitty story, and he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. I just, it, he's in a very prominent position, and he represents a lot of things in this area, and that's yeah. why people are upset. Uh, the BC Federation of Labor president, Laird Cronk, called it disgusting. People are calling for Aquilini to get yeah, shit together. Yeah, but how much of that is people just being, like, political agendas too oh, right of course you get all those pol- politicians that come out of nowhere and say they condemn an action or do that so they look good and then they get the votes and then they go up there they get involved in a scandal get caught in the casino funneling money over real estate or some shit you know they, they do the same thing all those guys are just they're 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 not good yeah uh 
we talked about the NHL draft coming up in Vancouver. Kirby's not going to go to that. Uh, Kirby <laughs> announced today, uh, the Canucks announced today the 2019 development camp, yeah, which will be held at UBC Father Brother Arena, June 25th to 27th, so immediately after the draft. Mm-hmm. Would you go to something like that? It features on-ice skill practices, yes. off-ice workouts each day, free. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely go to that. I would definitely go to that to check that out. Yeah. That is what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in watching overweight men answer phones. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Sitting in an arena with no beer. You know, watching these guys who eat catering every single day just pick up phones. You can't even hear what they're saying. You might as well watch it on TV. If you really give a shit, you might as well watch it on TV because at least you can get closer to these conversations. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I, I could be completely wrong. Anybody who goes to the draft this year can tell me I'm wrong if oh, they had a, wrong. if they had a really yeah. good time. Yeah, right? and, and I'll contend that it's it's a it's a, an event, and you're gonna you're gonna see you kind of I mean not see, but you're gonna kind of uh, just see how the you know how the kids take it when they get drafted. Yeah, but one one to me is watching elite players display their talent on the ice for the game I love, and one is watching. Overweight men answer phones. Right. So which one am I going to go to? I'm going to go to the one where I can get a better gauge on what on what the future looks like for this team. There's also a development. Oh, when the development camp roster will be released. Following that, that's when they'll get their like young stars. The young stars tournament's not happening in Penticton no. this year. But like, did you really think it was going to continue to happen in Penticton? People loved it there. I understand that people loved it there, but like, I'll tell you who didn't love it there: Winnipeg, Calgary, yeah. Edmonton. You know, like they're constantly having to ship their guys out there to Penticton to play hockey. And then Vancouver's like, oh, yeah, well, it's just in Penticton. It's still in our province, right? Yeah. Like initially the Calgary and, Edmonton, Calgary and Edmonton pulled out last year and it was just the Canucks in Winnipeg. And then Winnipeg's like, no, nah, like what's the benefit? It's a pretty easy solution too because it's like doing Penticton one year. Do it somewhere near Edmonton the next year. Or maybe do it in Red Deer, right? Like, do it in Red Deer between Edmonton and Calgary. Do it in Penticton one year, Red Deer the next year, then shift it out to somewhere near Winnipeg where you where everybody gets a fair shot once every four years where those fans, those super fans, can go and clamor and watch those things a little closer geographically. I don't understand how that isn't a, a viable solution to this. Yeah. I And I guess maybe BC's just been lucky to have the Penticton, to have the Young Stars tournament there for so many years. Well, I right? mean, we got the most beautiful province. Yeah, and Penticton's right? really hot at that yeah. time of year when they usually have it, right? I love Penticton. Yeah. it's It was cool the one time I went there. That channel, if you haven't gone down it. Yeah, floating that channel? Floaty, floaty, kidding float. Me? Yeah, it's fun. I'd like to do it again, actually. We watched our friend blow out her knee there playing frisbee that was a that was a tough watch yeah that's what happens when you get uh, crazy in penticton yeah you gotta you get a couple too many in you and then all of a sudden you think you're a frisbee star and you blow out your knee (laughs) uh there is something canucks related that i want to get into in a few moments after this but let's get into the nhl playoffs right now uh tory krug the hit in game one boston bruins beat the blues 4-2 in that game one uh, we talked a little bit already about that game. Uh, you saw the hit. What would you think? I think Canucks fans need to stop whining about this. Canucks fans are whining about this. Yeah, I think a lot of Canucks fans are whining about this because in 2011, Boston ended up beating us. Mm-hmm. But I don't mm-hmm. think it was – I think it was about as clean as a hit as you could possibly see. The puck was right there. Krug went in there. He just delivered the boom. Awesome hit. 
clean. Shoulder to shoulder contact. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And then people start talking about intent. Oh, his intent was to injure him. Dude, when you're about to hit a guy at a professional level, yeah, your intent is to blow the guy up. Like, that's what you want to do. You don't want to hit him in the head because you don't want to fucking kill him. But, yeah, it's a game where guys dominate the wall. They dominate each other. They shoot. They score. They do everything. That hit by Krug, fucking fantastic. It was on Thomas, right? Yes. The young kid who's out for tonight's game, too. It was a f- clean hit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so this just lends into the whole theory, though, that Canucks fans have, that there's a conspiracy out there for whatever reason to have the Boston team win. I don't understand that, though. No, it's why just, do you dude, want Boston to win? I don't a, get there's that. There's a subsect of Canucks fans that still are upset about 2011. Yeah. I'm upset about 2011, too. We all are. But I also understand how hockey works, right? And you can't be bitching and moaning for suspension on Tori Krug on a hit that is completely clean. It's so clean and such a nice hit. Yeah, if you don't like Like, hitting, as a hockey fan, yeah. you have to like that hit. Yeah. If you don't, then you don't understand the game. Yeah, and you don't like yeah, you don't like hitting, then. Take, the, take hitting out of the game. No, yeah. leave hitting in the yeah. game. Yeah. Leave so if, fighting in the game. Keep the game as awesome as it is now. It's those left-wing kooks, as Don Cherry would say. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far, but, I mean, it's just like hockey is in such a good place, and it is building in places where it needs to build. Like, the game has momentum. And I know Gary will probably fuck it up, and we'll get into, like, a collective bargaining agreement, and they'll lock out the NHL again, and shit will probably hit the fan, right? But right now, hockey is hot, dude. It is a great sport. It's the best sport, like... To watch on TV, still. Okay, Art's is, tilting his head. Art's is, a football guy. No, 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 I, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I, I would take uh, the NHL playoffs over the NFL playoffs any day of the week. But I will say this: I'm more interested in the NBA finals than I am in the NHL finals. Yeah, but that's because geographically, you're invested in the Toronto Raptors. Right. Uh, And you're interested in Kawhi Leonard and how much he's brought to this franchise. And there's a frenzy of Raptor mania going on. There is in this country. I don't know if you feel it. I feel it. I went to a local pub here, and this is not really a basketball mark. Well, it's not entirely true. The Raptors came in the summer, and they were at UVic, and that place, it was standing room only for a practice scrimmage squad. So uh, just talk about a little bit what you think Toronto... Okay, so yes, it's... Toronto, they've they built it as a Canadian brand. They've done a good job of doing yeah. that. You know, fundamentally, like and this, this is like you might think this is ridiculous. Probably. First off, I'm going to preface this with this. <laughs> Probably. But, okay, the Raptors come to UVic, right? Right. UVic have the Vikes mm-hmm. basketball, like pretty big basketball program on the island. True. Right. Throughout the years, all these like. Um, college Canadian college teams have always had basketball teams, teams that you can get behind and cheer for. Because of the way that hockey works in Canada, we have junior hockey, right? So it's never been associated with schools, collegiate schools and stuff like that. There is some of that in Canada, but it's not as big league. It's not the root as like the WHL or the BCHL, the OHL, the CHL as a whole, you know? So I think when a lot of people like grow up in school, just learning to play basketball, they go to college, they see these basketball players. I think a lot of people have gravitated towards basketball as like a grassroots sport that's like easy to adopt. Mm 
in, you know, in Canada. In Canada. And yeah. I think hockey has always been a bit of an outlier there. And and that's just, you know, how I feel. Every every kid wants to play hockey, and hockey's our national sport, and it's part of our cult, cultural identity. Yeah. But at, with this, like, okay, new, I- new, like, in the last 20 years, kids grow up, they see their stars, Kobe, Shaq, Iverson, all that sort of stuff. They see, like, that that individual that is outside of the game and that has been marketed way better than anybody in the NHL, has the personality and all that sort of stuff. So I think people are attracted to basketball for that reason. Okay. I, and I think you might be right there. I, I, I think basketball at the lower level here in Canada has always been popular. Yeah. I think it's the NBA that has not been popular. Do you know what that you know what I mean yeah, by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my question. You see it working in Toronto right now. They've done a great job rebranding that um that franchise, We the North, and their team is good and has been for a little while now. Uh is it don't you think that the Vancouver the Canuck area, the Vancouver Canucks this is dominated by the Vancouver Canucks right now. Don't you think Vancouver would be awesome to have another top notch franchise another top-notch sporting franchise 100% I think it would help everything here yeah I think it would like it would help with the media as well maybe not being so you know mm, on the Canucks you know it could be spread out across and you know the to to have the Grizzlies back you know to have a team uh, have an NBA team in can in in Vancouver I really think it would be awesome right now yeah, hundred percent. I really think it would be awesome. Well, I think that's why a lot of people are adopting this this Raptors thing to begin with, right? Because it is making people like pine and feel nostalgic for the days when Vancouver did have basketball. Yeah, and like the NBA was so smart back then about marketing their stars. The Grizzlies sucked. Like yeah. they sucked. They're one of the worst franchises in sports history. True. And for like mismanaged, misrun, like. Just farm their drafting, everything. Eat it, Stu Jackson. And, and yeah. And then, like, even back then, the NBA, as an organization, was smart enough to be like, you don't have the Grizzlies this week. You have Michael Jordan this week. Yeah. Right? And people would flock to the games, and they'd go see those players. And they'd market their stars way better. I and, think the NBA would be fucking fantastic. If yeah, I agree, right too. And, I, and think I think it would help the Canucks. I really a, do. There's a lot of people who feel the same way, and I feel the same way as, as you do, too. But I think that's why people are gravitating towards this Raptors thing, even on the West Coast. There are people who are still bitter about the Grizzlies leaving, and they're like, fuck the NBA, fuck the Raptors, and all that shit. And that's fine, too. You can have that opinion. But it's probably the wrong one. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Like, I was at uh, a local pub watching the Raptors game, and I was like, man, this felt like a Canucks playoff game. And I was like, I was getting goosebumps. I was like, hello. Well, what kind of an emotional attachment do you have to St. Louis or Boston? Most people have a negative attachment to Boston. True. And either people think, either people still don't like St. Louis because of the days back in the day when Bertuzzi hit Jackman behind the net in 03, I think it was. I remember that. Right? Yep. So not not too many people are like, oh, Blues, Gloria, let's get on this run because it's a Midwestern town, podunk United States that not like unless you're from there, why do you give a shit? Yeah, and that team doesn't really have a lot of like no the big back, personalities. Yeah, the Bacchus team. story is kind of interesting, right? Like Bacchus in Boston now to to where he was in St. Louis, but I mean he's but a that's bit, it. He's a little washed up now, yeah. and like he he probably should have won in St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, do you think the NBA Finals uh, the the ratings out outrate the NHL Finals in Canada? In Canada, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't even think that it's close. I think they, they're probably mopping the floor with the NHL right now. Yeah. The only reason the NHL uh, Stanley Cup Finals are probably doing remotely well, I think they're actually up on last year, yeah. is because that northeastern seaboard, a lot of people love the Bruins out there, man. True, true, right? true, true. So it's yeah. it's a pretty big television market. Yeah. And we were down just at a local pub here talking to the owner and about how when the, they got on board the Raptors. And yeah. we could have asked him right then if he thought – what was going to get the higher draw the the canucks or sorry the uh the uh stanley cup final or the basketball final yeah i think he probably would have said basketball final i i yeah i mean i'm not going to put words in his mouth but i agree with you yeah yeah um okay so i it just it just kind of just it brings it back a little bit more seeing because man we're we're recording this on wednesday it's going to come out here in probably a few minutes (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, we're that good here at, between the standards. Uh, but the NBA Finals opens in Canada tomorrow night. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah, I know it's gonna be bananas. It is gonna be bananas. Who do you think's winning the game tonight? By the way, do you think the Blues even have a chance? Uh, no, I don't. I, I and I had picked the Blues to win in seven, but watching that game one, I was just like, seeing the Blues get on, or sorry, seeing the the Blues get up first, two nothing, and the Bruins kind of just kind of like ah. Oh. Shake it yeah. off. Wake up. Score yeah. four unanswered goals. I think, I think if the Bruins win, win tonight, this series is already over. Already. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of happy. I, well, I'm not a Bruins guy, but I went to Boston in September, which we've talked about a lot in this yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I don't really like Jordan Bainton. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't want to see him win the Stanley Cup yeah, fair in his enough. rookie year. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. You know? Um, but do I want to see Brad Marchand win? No. I don't know. Probably not. Speaking of, though. Yeah, he had some interesting comments this week. So we talked about replay last week at nauseum. But Is that last week or the week before? It could or the week the, before that? And the week or before all that. of those weeks combined? <laughs> yeah, and anyways, so all the NHL national and international media were meeting, obviously, in Stanley Cup finals. So instant replay was brought up. Gary Bettman said it was a gift and a curse. I think something something along those lines. It's it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened, one of the worst things that's ever happened. Uh, Brad Marchand was asked, what does he think about video replay as it stands right now? And he goes, get rid of video replays. That's the problem. Quote, when you start bringing in all the video reviews, the refs are getting crucified. They're out there to do a job. Start taking it away from them little by little, then it's going to escalate. Now they want video reviews for pucks hitting the nets or hand passes. So how much are you going to take away from the refs? The only way to do it is to do all of it with video replay or none of it. And then he was asked, which side would he lean towards? He says, I don't care either way. Just pick one. We're in between right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about that pendulum, right? We always we always kind of shift one way too far, then we swing back the other way. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's going to go all the way. They're going to video replay everything because then do it. they don't take then away do things. It and realize That's just not it's, how it works. Then do it and realize it's shitty and get rid of it. Yeah. CFL did it. I, like, I don't know. Well, like, he's one hundred percent right. I I'm, think, and we we've been talking about this yeah. for a while. And he's, I think he's one hundred percent. Like I right. said, definitive shit. You need definitive, not subjective bullshit. Right? Get a, get that extra official off the ice. If you want somebody calling the game from off from off the ice, getting a top down view, do that. Mic it into an earpiece. Have the linesman out there to break up tilts and drop pucks. 
Just don't turn this into a circus where the ref controls the game and fucking ruins the flow of it. Yeah. That's my major concern. I like this answer a lot better than I liked uh, Rod Brendamore's answer. He was just like, review everything. Yeah, but how many conkies has old Rod the Bod had? You got to <laughs> give him some conky allowance there. Okay, sure. Uh, but Brad Marchand, who, you know, public enemy number one. Art thinks Brad Marchand is well-spoken, and he would like to go on a Tinder date with him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think he'd be a terrible date, Brad Marchand. I also think he's kind of funny. He'd probably smell your food, hey, if you're sitting <laughs> at the table with him. Would he lick you? He'd get his little would nose lick, in there. Would he lick your yeah, food? Yeah, maybe lick your food. <laughs> lick your fork as you're bringing it to your mouth. The Bruins are 24-1 and in the playoffs when Brad Marchand scores. Yeah. Goal. Well, he's a top 10 player in the NHL. And his line mate is, too. Yep. Patrice Bergeron, right? They're tough, man. And Pasternak's right there as well. Pasta. Yeah, he's... How did fucking that many people miss on Pasternak? Yeah, he went... He, dra- he was drafted after McCann. The yeah. Canucks missed on him, too. There was a lot... Well, the Bruins picked someone else before him, too. I think they had a, a pick before him. Was that the same year? Okay, maybe not. Yeah. But I, I know a lot of teams missed on fucking Pasternak, which sucks because he's fucking electric. He's fun to watch out there. Oh, he's hilarious, and he's a shit rat, too. He, he, he causes trouble. By the way, some of these players on the Bruins, where do they come from? Sean Corelli. I'm like, Sean Corelli's awesome. Right? To Tory Krug, just like these players that, that come up through the system. Heinen. Heinen, yeah. These players yeah. that are coming up through the system, they're good, too. Yeah. And I'm just like, where are these guys coming from? I don't know. They got something good going on there. And it sucks for What else you got? Who hate the Bruins. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. So we talked Aladdin, we talked Raptors. We did talk we, we grazed the Canucks for a little bit. Yeah. Milk the teat of Canucks news about as dry as we could milk it. Man, we need some news on right. this team. Chesco Aquilini, that's Oh it. yeah, we talked about how Aquilini's a bit of a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, we covered some stuff here. Yeah. This is how these summer podcasts are going to be, by the way. We're going to we're gonna do our best, but, I mean, some weeks you just don't have much. We got to find a way to um, – I, I want to get some guests on the show. We're going to do that. We're definitely going to do that. Yeah, and if Even you, though it's not really our thing, yeah. we're going to do it. And, and if you have an opinion and you want to voice it, email us. You know, we might even put you on the show. Between the Stammers. At gmail.com. You got it. Caleb Kerber, where can we find you? You can find me at Curbman23 on Twitter. You can find me at Art Aronson. Uh, Thanks for listening to another sterling episode of Between the Stammers.